welcome to the final episode of Mad Femmes podcast in which we discuss the season finale as well as the entire season as one whole piece of artwork by Matthew Weiner. I'm Rachel Horowitz in Oakland. I'm Shannon Bowen, also in Oakland. I'm Brandi Sperry in Seattle. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. Let's just start with how boring <laughs> this was. <laughs> shall, shall we? Snooze buzz. Yeah. It was a really boring end to a very weird season. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. My friend, when I was emailing with him, he said, well, that wasn't a finale. That was an epilogue. And I thought that was a really interesting way to put it because especially when you've got the end shots of Dawn and Peggy and Sterling and they're all just like looking out onto the world. It did feel like a gratuitous epilogue. Well, it was also felt gratuitous. I mean, we have all these character studies throughout the season and I feel like plot was the weakest part of the whole season. So things in this episode kind of represented the entire season to me and that weird afterthought things were rushed and like Roger's butt at the end. (laughs) (laughs) For all the ladies out there. That was a high point for me. I quite literally applauded in my apartment. (laughs) Yeah, mostly because I was like, oh my God, if I have to see somebody's boobs because that's the only place we have left to go, I was just really hoping it would be male nudity and not female nudity. (laughs) And then it looked good, so I was like, all right. But what about dog pornography? I mean, we saw dog pornography. (laughs) I mean, where does that fit in? So (laughs) that is just nature shannon if you're not comfortable with it then i just hope there was consent so (laughs) yeah you know it never occurred to me how do you set up that shot like are you coercing the dogs is it like you're a dog trainer and you specialize in getting dogs to hump each other for poetic moments in amc tv shows is that something you put on your resume well, I mean, dogs are hump legs and stuff as gags in movies all the time. It must be like a trick. Put peanut butter on the leg and... Well, we just had to get but, the humping yeah. out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was... to get Roger's butt. That's true. I was watching this episode, and you know how there's like a little clock on the DVR or the TV or something? And I just kept looking at the clock. <laughs> I kept thinking, okay, there's 45 minutes left. Something is going to happen. And then it's like, there's 30 minutes left. I'm sure something will happen. And then when we get to like 15 minutes left, 10 minutes left, and my friend Kristen and I are just looking at each other going, there's not enough time to do anything in this show. And then nothing really happened. And we got to spend time with what I think we all thought were the least interesting people of the series. We were joking last week about Rory Gilmore coming back. Ha, ha, ha. How funny would that be? And there she is taking up, like, what, a third of the storyline? And it was nothing new. Although, who doesn't want to seduce a man in that pink dress? Well, the little dress is, like, such a little girl dress. Tom and Lorenzo will have a lot to say about that, I think. I think they did. I think they were talking about how she's she's like wearing these really girly clothes and compared to the women who wear red, like Joan wears this strong red and Peggy, oh my God, is wearing this awesome red throughout the show. And then Beth is wearing pink and like lighter and lighter pink. 
So my problem with this storyline was basically that, I mean, aside from liking Alexis Bledel and not liking seeing her in a role I didn't think was right for her, they they could have done something really interesting with the idea that suburban ennui could have other roots besides just being in suburbia, that there could be something deeper going on with a person and no one would notice because she does seem to actually have some sort of mental problem going on. And instead it was all, instead of being about her and her experience, it was just all about Pete wanting to escape from his life yet again, wanting to go to California, which I didn't buy at all. I mean, he didn't even like California when he was there, right? Since when does Mr. Manhattan like sunshine? And the whole thing was just awkward to me. Not to mention, yeah, we did not need to spend a third of that episode with a character we're probably never going to see again. If we're lucky. Yeah. It felt like <laughs> it felt like the high school journal of Nicholas Sparks. Just like <laughs> we're unhappy because we can't be together. I know you're getting electroshock therapy, but let's run away to California. When in doubt in your romance, always have one person lose their memory. Oh my god. god. Yeah. I mean that was just such a waste of space. The whole thing. Well, Teresa, I think you said before too, like, whatever happened to like what happened to Trudy and Pete? Right. Yeah. What what happened to the Campbells? The Campbells were this fantastic couple. And, you know, Pete has never behaved super well, but Trudy has been a really great foil for him. And they have had what seemed like a really good marriage. And she's a firecracker, man. I still remember that episode where they were going to watch the boxing match and she wanted like a, it. a bloody steak and, and a fight. And I'm like, Trudy, and she's like 11 months pregnant. I mean, it was just fantastic. <laughs> I was like, that's my girl. That's my girl. Exactly. I love her. But you know, I think the baby, I think he wanted the idea of a baby, but the reality of a baby and living in the suburbs with 15 different print wallpapers and sofas i mm. think just killed his spirit i think that's part of it all the clashing patterns have to cause some sort of nervous stress reaction yeah if they keep doing if they keep teaching us anything in mad men it's like every season we learn about how soul crushing the suburbs are yeah right like it'll change turn your marriage upside down the beautiful yeah. vivacious woman you married will become house coat wearing yeah and it's so disappointing when she bestows upon him the apartment in the city which i know was traumatic for Shannon. <sighs> um because trudy has always been kind of astute about who pete is and she has known how to navigate his issues and i i always go back to when he had the quote-unquote affair more like molested the nanny that lived across the hall when, when i think trudy she was, was an au pair okay Okay, sorry. And, and I think yeah. she was Anna. raped, actually. Okay. Yeah, let's get some <laughs> terms let's right. Get, okay, let's get the vocab right. When he raped the au pair. Much better. <laughs> Trudy <laughs> interpreted it as just being cheated on. She didn't know the details. And her response was basically just like, well, then we won't go on vacation separately anymore, you know? And she was very just practical about it and she knew how to respond so i can't see that same woman allowing pete to have an apartment in the city i don't know where we're supposed to think her character changed mm -hmm. yeah she's the kind of character that would have been like look i i get it a man who has an apartment in the city has a, a lady on the side like she would have totally yeah. said that maybe the the baby is just too 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 distracting or something i don't know i'm making excuses for her 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is like, like I feel like all the people writing about the show this season are, are just spending an awful lot of time trying to make excuses for the weird storylines and character development and getting themselves into contortions, trying to explain away things that make no sense, which to me repeatedly, repeatedly, I just want to call out as bad writing. I just want to call it as Pete, grow the fuck up. You have, you, you tell your wife you don't want to move to the suburbs and move back. Just like what he acts like he's like trapped all the time. If he thought he was fine, we wouldn't get to watch him get punched in the face every episode. Of her episode so. I like his howdy doody line. I'm the president of the howdy doody circus club or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when they throw in those like contemporary lines that just are hilarious to our modern ears. But you know, for all the comparisons to Don, Don would never say that shit. Oh, the howdy doody <laughs> circus army. That's what Circus it is. Circus Army, yeah. Yeah, because you know I like to look things up. There was a profile with that actor, Vincent Carthizer, in the City Pages, which is like a local paper in Minneapolis, and he's such a weird dude. Like, juxtaposing him, who, like, he's, like, making jokes about how much he gets laid and, like, talking about what? how... He needs to, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I exercise a lot. I try to fuck, like, three hours a night and stuff, like, but it's all with, like, a hippie wink in his eye, and, uh, he's a weird guy. I'll find the piece and link to it on the Tumblr because it's really amusing. But it's interesting how in the beginning of the season, Don's portrayed as this total loser. Old man, time has passed him by, and then he kind of gets his groove back through the season totally. and then he's cool dawn drinking old fashions with hot chicks hitting on him you know on the internet they're calling him the the finale they're describing him as og dawn original gangster dawn <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so funny and, and by internet i mean i saw like a tweet about it today <laughs> i think i saw it it's a all times. over the internet there was <laughs> yeah tweet. um i want to point out though that dawn Don wasn't such a loser this year. I mean, he was a much bigger loser the year after he got divorced, where he kept hitting on various women and he couldn't get any. And he was, you know, paying the prostitute to come and slap his face. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty low. Like this season, I don't think he's low. I think he was just bored or distracted or not engaged. Do you guys feel like after all these seasons, we actually know Don pretty well now? We know his real name. We know his demons. We know his sexual preferences, that he likes to be slapped around. <laughs> well, I also knew when 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 Megan asked him for that part, I actually loved their exchange. And he was like, you want to be discovered. You don't want to be someone's wife. And he, you know he's done with that relationship when she asked for that part. It was, yeah. I don't know, it was very poignant to me. I, It made sense with the character they built for him, and yeah. Why do you think he was done with the relationship? I think he needs to be a little enamored, but enamored with talent. And I think he's been a little resentful of, like, you left what you were actually good at, which was advertising, to do what you think you're good at, which is acting, and she's obviously not. And I think that really bothers him to waste talent. Do you think that he thinks she's not good at acting? 
I think yeah. everybody thinks she's not <laughs> And stop making me care because I don't. So Megan and her dumb acting. First of all, you guys, let's just think about this. When we started the season and Zuby Zuby, whatever, everyone hated Megan. Then she grew a set. And by the time she was shoving orange sherbet in her mouth, we were all like, love Megan. Team Megan. I'm surprised at myself for how much I'm enjoying Megan. And now I'm back on, ugh, God, can we move on from so much Megan time? I'm over her now. Are you bored with her sweaters and pants? I'm not going to lie. The lack of interesting outfits does contribute to my boredom with her. <laughs> well, this is speaking of Brandy, who is really excited about those modern haircuts in Paris. In the, in the Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Going back. You never forget anything, Shannon. <laughs> you know what? Bringing it back to our roots. Loyal Downton. listeners, bringing it back. Uh, Downton Abbey. Can't wait. Um, I feel bad blaming the character of Megan, and I feel bad blaming Jessica Perret. I have no idea whether she's just not a good actress or she just doesn't have anything to work with. But I really feel like Megan, you know, Megan came out of nowhere last season, like literally nowhere. Mm. We didn't even know if we would see her this season. We didn't know what would happen. And and she's taken up like half the storyline. Yeah. At least, yeah. at least to the detriment of anything to do with um, Ginsburg, who, you know, seems much more interesting. Don, the secretary, like what a joke that was. You guys, there's like, no, there's no civil rights, black people, anything since the first episode. Yeah. Talk about lip service. They don't even need that. Like, I I feel like it could have been really interesting when Don spent the night at Peggy's house. There was a lot of talk of like, it's okay. I like my job. No, I don't want to be a copywriter. And they could have explored that a little bit more. What is it like to be a person not trying to climb the ladder working at Sterling Cooper Draper Price? But Instead, yeah. she is quite literally just fetching ice for Dawn's painfully obvious symbolic toothache. Like that giant metaphor in his mouth. My brain, <laughs> that metaphor, my brain wouldn't even go there. It's like, no, I don't even, I don't care about what this could mean or does mean. But going back to Megan for a second, I have found her interactions with her mother to be really satisfying and probably most of all because Julia Armand is great and they've given her some great one-liners. Um, and it is kind of in my head, like this might be what a version of what Betty and Sally will at, end up like, kind of, but mm. they didn't need to have Megan give up so fast and be crying in bed about how Don just wants her at home waiting around when it's quite obvious. He actually wants her at the office doing what she's good at. Exactly. So, I mean, I just, I, I don't know what, I can't feel sympathy for her when she's not operating on a plane of reality. You mean reality that she doesn't realize she's a terrible actress and she's just <laughs> a rich girl in sweaters and pants? Did you love her real, Shannon? I take it you loved her real. <laughs> God. I mean, yeah, I can also smile and look surprised in wonderful lighting and... She has good bone structure. You have to. Admit. She has that great bone structure. I mean, she's gorgeous. Look, I'm not. I'm not anti Megan, unlike some people <laughs> on this podcast. Um. Okay. I like her. I like that. I think she's good for Dawn. I think she's good for Sally. You know, she knows the game. 
she knows the family game. She knows Dawn. I think that she's lost in who she is, but she's young. She's We have to remember that she's really young. And I just don't want to spend so much time in each episode about her acting dreams because I don't think that's the most interesting thing about her. And I'm more interested in how Dawn keeps putting her in this place to be a mini Betty, you know, wait at home, make me dinner, take care of my kids while I get to do all the fun, glamorous things. And she's kind of feminist. She's like, no, I have my dreams and they'll take me wherever I want. And I'm not just going to like, you know, be your servant and be here when you want. And I like that. So here's a question about Don, though. He had no problem making her a copy editor. I mean, she only became a copy editor because she was Mrs. Draper. And he had no problem with that at all. So why does he have a problem getting her a commercial job? That's a really good question. Well, I think he wants her to fail acting to go back to advertising. Hmm. Because he, he his religion is advertising. His religion is his job. And I think he's been miffed that she said, well, that's crap. I don't want to be a part of it. So he wants to be like, well, this is crap. Come back to what is, you know, the temple of jobs or whatever. So why do you think he ultimately decides to get her that commercial? Because he cares Cause for it, her. Cause the, no, I think it's because OG Dawn is back. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's some Betty parallels. He met Betty on a commercial. I think he was fighting for, I think all season with her when, like, Cooper accuses him directly of being in kind of a love haze, you know? And he was trying to be a different type of Don, which included having this woman by his side in the office. And as soon as she left him, like, left the office, it was like, I feel like he snapped out of the love haze and slowly but surely OG Don keeps creeping back in. He's got a hunger back at the office. He's pitching like he's back. And the final piece seems to be banging broads. <laughs> banging broads. <laughs> what? Is he going to bang those not. girls? Two at a time. I don't know. I mean, he's drinking old fashions. He hasn't drank those in a couple seasons. Here's like the only thing that might be interesting if Don does cheat on Megan is that I think he would feel guilty about it in a different way than he's ever felt about being his philandering self. But I still don't really think I want to spend time going there. It just feels like such a retread. I don't think anyone does. I think the internet agrees that that's not a good plan. I think we should bring back Dr. Faye Miller. Oh my god, Team oh my god, Faye, yeah. I still want to make t-shirts, Team, team Faye. But you guys, so so did they just throw us a little Joan flirtation bone? Is that, like, done? Like, should we not even? Yeah. Uh, I think that's let's done. bring in the expert, Therese. What do you think about this? <laughs> yes, I think I think it's done. <laughs> I, I, I love the relationship between Don and Joan. I think it's fantastic. And um, I think it's deep. And I love that they can have like just a fleeting look between them that speaks volumes. Obviously that's also because they're very good actors, but um, I love what's been going on all season with them, this meeting of the minds, this meeting of equals, but I don't, I don't think it's about sex. I don't think they're going to have a sexual relationship. No. And speaking of what a great actor Christina Hendricks is, she does some great stuff in this episode without too much to work with, but just, 
in encompassing her new authoritative role while also feeling like she has to be the lane of the group at the same time. You can see her struggling with that, but also doing a kick-ass job with that. And it was nice. I liked her a lot in this episode. I have to say the season was awesome in terms of these set pieces and visuals and this finale kind of showcased a lot of that. Like that, there's silhouettes in those windows. That was amazing. That was a stunning, stunning shot. And I was really thinking, I would have loved that to be the last shot of the season. I know. I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, the whole season has been about this, the office and about success and about failure. And they've been using that window metaphor the whole season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, the idea of the five partners busting out onto a new floor, contemplating the future. We don't really know if this is a good idea or a really stupid idea. The, the framing, the cinematography is amazing. Mm-hmm. If the season had ended on that shot and not Don in the bar, I would be in a much better mood right now. Yeah, and beyond the window metaphor, the elevator metaphor, now they're literally going to go up a floor after all that worry about plummeting down. Right. Yeah. That was a a really nice moment, and yeah, they should have made a bigger deal out of it, I think. Guys, we were talking about the best part of this whole finale, which is Peggy in her baller office with the window in her power red Chanel suit. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <Peggy>. <laughs> that shot of her in her red suit with her hairdo yelling at those copywriters was so oh, beautiful. My oh my God, it was like everything. Well, now you now we know. Remember how worried we were about Peggy for like 89% of the season? First of all, oh my God, I'm cap- so worried. And she is just, she's found her power and I love it. Feeling I it. love it. And she is going to name motherfucking Virginia Slims. Like that is, that is crazy. <laughs> Who else was yelling at the TV? Call it Virginia Slims. This I love that. This is my prediction for next season. Is that I think that, you know, well, as Don said, I will spend my whole life trying to rehire you. We're going to see them as rivals going after the same accounts. And then Don's going to try and rehire her. But she's going to really, you know, make a power play to be a partner and like, you know, on the same level as Don, creative director. Bam, I'm calling it. In Entertainment Weekly, Owen Gleiberman had an interesting theory where he thinks now that the final episode or the final, the way the series ends two seasons from now will be Peggy hiring Don somewhere, <laughs> which I kind of love as an idea. Oh, my God. Wait, can it be like Peggy and Sally rule the world? Because that's like pretty much my ideal. It's like somehow Peggy and Sally are ruling the world. Peggy's going to have one of those shut the door, sit down conversations with Don. Okay, I, like they really tortured us with her all season, too, because she was in her stupid Catholic school uniform. Oh. The entire time she was she wasn't doing very well in the pitch meeting. Yeah, she was working late every night for nothing. And as Brandy put, she's always working on C core laxatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody else is eating lobster, and she's working on C core laxatives. <laughs> Don, I love how Don like they're in the movie theater together, and he's like, "You're looking good." And she's like, "How's your wife?" I didn't really know what to make of that particular scene, but I do love feeling optimistic about Peggy. And just as a side note, I hope that one of the reasons we haven't seen much of Abe is more to do with, like, time constraints or maybe actor constraints or something, because I would like to see how she is going forward, kind of, you know, the girl who has everything. 
I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't she, like, on top of the world right now? She I've was, been wondering why we haven't seen his reaction, though, and I've been wondering if he's as happy for her. I mean, part of me thinks he is, part of me thinks he isn't, and I, I do feel like it's a little strange that we spend so much time with him all season and then we don't see him in two very, very pivotal uh, Peggy's episodes, so. We're feeling optimistic, you guys, but are dogs humping in an alleyway? <laughs> A sign that things are only looking up for her. I think it's I think it's one of those like, okay, it ain't Paris, but <laughs> Exactly. She was still she was like weird, but then she was still happy to go settle on the bed and be like, Ah, my first business trip. So she was being I mean, hasn't she only just seen dogs humping? I mean, all she's been is in the shit, you know, at like you know, Sterling Cooper, Draper, Price. I mean, was that one step above dogs humping? I mean, she's just always seeing these men <laughs> acting like idiots. And she's like, I'm working my ass off on these laxatives. Get me a glass of wine in a cheap hotel room. So you know what? Girl, go for it. You enjoy that free HBO and you just live it. Well, you know, the, uh, the, the online reviews that we think reads way too deeply into Mad Men these days. Yeah. One of the theories was like she looks out the window and sees the dogs humping, and it's a symbol of this idea that you're either fucking or you're getting fucked. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think it's that far. I think someone world. was like, they should have just played the song Azabenyada Bismo. <laughs> As my heroes Tom and Lorenzo pointed out today in their Mad Style recap, there are identical shots of Dawn and mm-hmm. Peggy in this episode, both of them sitting, uh, leaning on a headboard in bed with a drink in their hands. Yeah, I read that before we recorded this because I had to. And I just really feel like this is, from the beginning, it's been Dawn and Peggy's story. And it's also becoming more and more Sally's story. And I really feel like the final shot of the series will be Sally. i throwing my money down now that that's what it's going to be. So this is going to be like maybe in a couple years. So Sally's going to be in Atlantic City with protesting <laughs> the Miss America pageant. With her girlfriend. <laughs> throwing her bra in a garbage can. We kind of had a little discussion in our online um uh, document that we were kind of talking about the agenda for today about the missed opportunities of this season. And I think that'd be a really cool discussion to hear, you know, uh, Betty and her cancer scare. That was a missed opportunity to delve deeper into Betty. What what else did you guys think was missed opportunities this season? Okay. Well, I mean, I obviously think that Dawn, Secretary Dawn is a lost opportunity and uh, I've compared her and Stan a little bit in my mind as people who are sort of okay with where they are in the office as opposed to most people. And I would like to explore the idea that you could be okay with where you are a little bit more. I think it would be a nice juxtaposition with all these people who are scratching to get to the top. And of course, yeah. you know, I was I was on board with Ginsburg after Faraway Places, and I really would have liked to see some more about him. I'm hopeful that he won't just be a raging lunatic, almost literally pulling his hair out in season six, because that that was really not as satisfying for me as him being sort of the Martian weirdo. I loved yeah. him as the Martian weirdo. That was an amazing scene. That was one of my favorite scenes uh, of the series, actually. 
where he talks yeah. to Peggy about how he's an alien. Ginsburg and Stan, I want to I want to follow them home. I want to see what their lives are like. Like I'm really curious about Stan. I bet you'd like to follow him home. <laughs> I thought that was going to sound that bad. was polyester. I really hope you know would call me out on it. Oh. I want to follow him home in those mustard pants. Those slacks. Those Santa <laughs> belt slacks. That open collared ish going on. Ah, uh, Stan. No, but I'm interested in who he is. Like, why is he no nonchalant? I mean, is the rest of his life so great that he's like, this is a, this is just work, whatever. I got like cool stuff on the side. I don't know. He definitely had the line that sort of summed up the episode where you know. Ginsburg is throwing a fit about how Don keeps calling him an idiot or basically only just like rolling his eyes at him and Ginsburg freaks out and Stan's like I tell you what I'm so tired of this dynamic I hear you dude I hear you on that one that was the line of the night I'm just really excited to see Kenny's new ambition in the next season I mean he really surprised me not in this episode but the episode before and I really want to see where that's gonna go yeah I agree there's a lot more stuff in the penultimate episode that has me excited for next season than in this one which uh Madman has always had such good finales and there are other shows like The Wire or even like Game of Thrones where the penultimate episode tends to be the big one and then the next one is kind of tying up loose ends and teeing up for the next season I guess I just really didn't expect that from Mad Men, which is why I'm kind of disappointed. But mm-hmm. Kenny is definitely one of the things I'm excited for going forward. Him and his scheming with Dow Chemical, and obviously I hope Ray Wise keeps coming back as his father. Because <laughs> Ray Wise is the shit. So. Oh, Ray Wise. Well, what were your favorite moments this season? Oh, I have mine. I have mine. Megan's dad's one day your little girl will spread her legs and fly away. <laughs> My favorite moment was when Joan told Greg to get the fuck out and that you've never been a good man and you know what you mean. You know what I mean? And that was my favorite moment. I actually, well, I already mentioned that I really like Ginsburg's space alien speech a lot. I don't know. There are others. There were, there were a lot of great moments in this season. They just didn't. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like love, hate, zooby, zooby, zoo. The end of the day. (laughs) That, that is an iconic moment. I loved yeah. it when Megan's mom gave Sterling that blowjob. That, that meant a lot to me. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, dear. It really taught me a lot about life. But seriously, I loved Sally um, falling asleep under the couch after taking that <gasps> pill and reading about the, the <laughs> student nurses. That was one of my favorite ups, uh, moments of the season. And I love when Peggy pushes the button for the elevator and that rockin' song comes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, I mean, okay, so I said my two moments where I high kicked. So I kicked and screamed at the TV, so. I love when Roger did acid. Roger on acid, yeah. (laughs) Roger on acid, guys, with, um. Angela Chase's mom. mom. Yeah. (laughs) The cameos this season, the cameos. Yeah, Angela's Gilmer, Mr. Belding. Mr. Belding was in this. Oh, my God. It was crazy. Okay, so next season, who is it? Slater? The newest copywriter. Slater. More more Saved by the Bell references, Teresa. I apologize. (laughs) Not my my forte. Although, really, could you imagine if, like, Jesse Spano was hired as a copywriter at Sterling Cooper Draper Price? 
God help us all. I don't think we can handle any more new characters. I vote next next season not to have totally. any more new characters. Please. I agree. Yeah. Well, like... uh, no, I don't agree because I want to follow Peggy more into her new office. Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with being a little dual split. I uh, obviously okay. I have a deep love of Peggy, so I I want to follow. I it was exhilarating seeing her in her new office cutting these dopey men down the size. I was like, yeah, let's stay there. I also liked her thing with Ted Shaw. I liked I liked their little interaction and you know. He's yeah, like, she's really still nice. trying to figure out how to work with a boss who's going to give her a bigger leash, but a real one, instead of just being like, damn it, I told you to take care of it, and then later being mad at her when she takes care of it. Uh, to, he seems to really want her to just smoke a cigarette and come up with an idea. <laughs> so what are our hopes for next season? Well, what are um some historical... What's coming up in history? It'll be like 1968 or something. Yeah. Well, 1968, nothing happened in 1968. That's a joke. Okay, I youngsters, that's a joke. I was like, I'm pretty sure that there must have been an election or something. Yeah. We did save it the bell start. Well, there was the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. And oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Kennedy. Uh, basically, every large city burned. There were riots. What else happened in '68? Right, they're getting ready for the elections. Went from Johnson to Nixon. Uh, when was the convention in Chicago? Was that in 1968, where the cops beat the shit out of everyone? But what about Topaz pantyhose? I mean, where did they <laughs> fit in all this? So. It's also the year, according to Tom of Tom and Lorenzo that the hippie counterculture breaks through into the mainstream more. So we're going to see, I think, a little bit more hippies on the margin. You know, what we didn't see this season was Peggy was in that kind of beat culture, you know, in season yeah. four. Yeah. And then we just kind of dropped that. I mean, she's with Abe, but besides that, she we kind of dropped that completely. That's because her beat friends are over on girls. So maybe when the, when the next season, when the season premieres, we'll see Peggy at her desk. But we won't recognize it's her right away because she'll have long, straight hair parted down the middle. Oh, my God. She'll look like <laughs> Gloria Steinem. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That would be amazing. Like a whole new so Peggy funny. hairstyle. She needs another gay best friend to do her hair for her. Well, I I don't know. My hope is that I want to know. I don't know. I want to know what the whole point is of following the Megan Dawn thing. I thought we'd get a little bit more of a glimpse of what the whole point of it was. I don't know what the lesson is yet with them. I would like Megan to leave Don. <laughs> really, yeah, really I would too. Like, I, I want her too. to have an affair. Yeah. I I think that the lesson with Megan and Don is that Matthew Weiner is in, totally in love with the character of Megan. I would like Betty to be able to eat all of her bugles without judgment. What are we gonna yeah. do with Be with Betty? There's like she's got nothing to do on the show anymore. Well, Sally's gonna become a teenager, and I think she's gonna get into some rambunctious things. So they didn't know what to do with her this season, but I think they'll give her some more purpose next season. So. Well, that concludes the Mad Femmes podcasting for this season of Mad Men. It's been a pleasure. We've held it together for a long time. <laughs> and I think that we will see everyone again when Downton Abbey returns to Masterpiece Theater. 
I hope all of our listeners can find a way to go on living without hearing our opinions each week. And we'll all have to hang in there for who knows how long before we know if Don had a menage a trois. I guess I'll just have to go back to watching Two and a Half Men. Just kidding. Whoa. Maybe Shannon, be, between now and our next podcast, will learn how to develop an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you can find your voice, Shannon. All right. Well, thank you to all of our loyal listeners. We really appreciate it. Keep up on the internets with us because we'll keep posting stuff. We and, miss uh, you already. <laughs> As Megan's parents would say, au revoir. <laughs> that was the weirdest ending. That was so weird. Went on like 15 tangents. Okay, go ahead. New game. Okay. And that concludes our final uh, podcast episode for this season of Mad Men. This is the Mad Fans signing out. Whoop, whoop. Bye. 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 Bye.